it's good when you can just mix it up a little bit, get riled up, get excited for Christ, amen? And then, and then, and then we get to celebrate with Jasmine and Alex, Christina. That makes the victory that much sweeter, amen? And mentors are great things. I appreciate everybody who takes the time to mentor a bridge man or a bridge woman because that time of pouring into them sometimes makes all the difference in how well they do or don't do in the program because sometimes it's just nice to talk to somebody that's disconnected from what you're going through, just somebody to vent through and to talk to and just to somebody that's going to love you no matter what you say. So, amen? All right, so we are still in... Romans, and uh, we are getting deeper into roading, roadies, Romans, I'm sorry. So we are going to start in verse 16. I'm going to read 16 through 23. I'm going to see if I can get through this tonight. And I love this first section here of Romans. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The Jew first and also the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. The righteous shall live by faith. It's so hard not to comment on this. Um, God's wrath on unrighteousness, verse 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men by their unrighteousness that suppresses the truth. For what can be known about God, God, God is plain to them because God has shown them for his invisible attributes, merely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. And the things have been made so that they are without excuse. Verse 21 Although they knew God, they did not honor him nor give thanks to him. They became futile in their thinking and foolish in their hearts. Their hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immoral God for images resembling mortal man, birds, animals, and creeping things. And that really sums it up. This is like some really, really, really powerful stuff. I told Bob I was going to share a song. I'm not going to sing. Um, but when I was reading this, I kept reading it over and over, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. And I, I love music. I, I still listen to all kinds of music. And the song that kept coming into my head so I would say, Tears for Fears best sums this up. If you remember the song I'm talking about. Shout, shout, let it all out. These are the things that I can do without. So when we become believers in Christ, we evaluate our life and we say, I can certainly do without that. Amen? I don't need that. That trips me up. That's foolish. That's stupid. Why did I ever do that? The gospel is simply the good news, amen? So if you want to experience the good news of Christ, you need to be able to not be ashamed 
And you need to be able to shout out to Christ. Alex talked about that. Um, I thought, man, did you look at my notes? You kept talking about shouting. I'm like, well, you know. But that, amen, that's it. You should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it's the gospel of Christ that's going to save your behind. Amen? So you should know the things that you want to get rid of. How many people right now sitting here can think of something they would like to get out of their life? Right? Sometimes just go somewhere and just shout it out. God, remove this from me. I'm tired of smoking. I'm tired of drinking. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. Make it known. Tell another brother or sister. Pray about it. Bring it to God. He knows that you don't want it. He knows that you don't need it. He knows you need to get rid of it. But sometimes he wants to hear it. Like he wants you to ask him. Ask me. And I'll do it. Right? He wants us to invest ourselves in what he is investing in us. And a good shout out now and then is, is good. I told Bob, I said, I love it when people are, people are shouting out during worship. Because that, what that is showing me is they don't care what you think. They don't care who's sitting behind them or if they can't sing or if they sing off key or off note or it doesn't seem like the right spot to shout. Who cares? When people have that utterance during worship, they are simply speaking out to the Lord. And they don't care if people appreciate it or don't appreciate it. They're making a statement. Like Bob, Bob, Bob's favorite line is what? Can somebody tell me what Bob's favorite line is? Amen all by myself. He don't care. He certainly doesn't care. And amen to that. So I'm going to go ahead and go through this. This is for I am not ashamed. Who here tonight could say I am not ashamed of the gospel? Amen. Because if you leave here and you suck up in fear because somebody is going to. Well, let's look at this. You're not ashamed of going to a bar and being drunk. You're not ashamed of getting arrested. You're not ashamed of stealing. You're not ashamed of robbing. You're not ashamed of yelling in the middle of the street at 4 o'clock in the morning, I need help, right? Amen, right? (laughs) They told me next morning, oh, my God, the neighbors. (laughs) But what that showed was his desperation, right? But we, we weren't ashamed of what we were doing, right? In fact, we probably bragged about what we were doing, you know? I think when you said Larry Callahan, I remember I, I, I just, he, he was just, a, you know, running down, you know, in Chinatown with his four locos and his dope and, you know. If, if that doesn't make you ashamed, you certainly should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ because that's what's going to clean you up. Amen? It goes on to say, for it is the power of God. Um, a friend of mine, Austin, actually wrote some stuff for this particular text and he asked me to read through it. And the word that he used in it was, was, was dunamis. And dunamis is, 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 we know what that is? It's explosive. It's dynamite. So we know the power of God is like that. It's explosive. It's mighty. It's powerful. It can change lives in an instant. But the reason for that power is for salvation for all those who believe. Now, the sad part about that statement is it's, in, it's, in, it's, exclu- it's exclusive, right? See what I'm saying? 
It's inclusive for those who believe. What about those who don't? Well, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. But, but the gospel is very clear. If you hear and you, and you believe, this gospel is for you. If you don't believe it, then it doesn't matter to you, so it doesn't, it, it's not going to, you've made the choice to live a different way. So obviously that's, that's heartbreaking for God. That's not God's desire. God's desire is that all should come to know him. But some of us are pretty crazy and pretty foolish, right? You know? You know, I, what it says later on going on that, on that song, it, when it says, these are the things that I can do out, it goes on to say, you shouldn't have to sell your soul, right? You, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have to sell yourself or for anything. The only thing you should be selling yourself out for is for the gospel and for Christ, right? We can all say that we're ashamed of things that we have done, right? But we, we should not be ashamed of the gospel. We should not be ashamed of Christ. We should greet Christ with open arms. And, and this kind of proves itself out because it goes on to say, the salvation is for everyone who believes but first, the, the gospel was brought to the Jews, right? That was, that was the, the people of Jesus. Hey, do you ever bring good news to your friends? Like, I'm going to tell a story that still shames me to this day. I had a really good friend. His name was Keith. And he met this really nice girl. And he, uh, uh, we, we partied together. We hung out together. We did all kinds of gnarly things together. And he came back on a Monday, and he said, I'm a Christian. I got saved. And I, I spent the entire day telling him how stupid that was and why that was a bad choice for his life. So by the end of the day, he had made the decision he was going to tell his girlfriend that he was not a Christian. Wow. That's going to be one of the dudes I look for first, right? Is Keith here? You know, I, I have spent so many years looking for him on Facebook and social media and Instagram just so I could either find out if he came back or if not, so I could tell him, dude, I was, I was a bonehead. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I can't believe that I did that to you. But the reason I share that story, Christ came to his people first to share the gospel. Keith came to me, his friend, his people to share the good news, and I rejected it, much like the Jews rejected Christ. So was, that wasn't the end of the gospel. That wasn't the end of, end of the story. You know, Jesus is like, well, fine. Then what, what about everybody else, the, the Greek or the Gentile, which that, that's who we are, right? We are non-Jews. We are the Greek or the Gentile. So the gospel first was for them, but they rejected Christ. And so... It was made available to us, and we, you, me, have accepted that gospel through that power, through that dunamis, and have brought that into our life, and we're watching lives change. You know, one of the greatest joys for a parent is, is watching their kids take their first steps, right? Yes, do I get burned out? Yes, does Michelle get burned out? Yes, but we get to watch you guys take some of your first steps in sobriety, Right, Louis. It was it's Louis's birthday today, right? And uh, so he called me last night and said, "You know what, Pastor Mike? I got the best birthday present in the world. Do not make me cry. <laughs> I got to talk to my doctor, doc, doctor, my daughter 
my daughter for the first time in 13 years. So. And I got invited to her graduation, right? He says to me this morning, do you think I'll be able to go? I'm like, of course not. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, so Louis, Michelle, and I will both take you. So... So, yes, yeah, we're all going to go. There you go. <laughs> Call your daughter until you need 175 tickets. Um, verse, for it is the righteousness of God that is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. You know, I believe that a lot of us in here, things go bad, things go wrong, but we just know better days are coming, better things are coming. So that's the faith. That faith, like, today may suck, tomorrow may suck. You know what? The next day may suck. You know what? The next six months might suck. But I believe, or I know, as Bob would say in my knower, that it's not going to stay like this. You know, when you moved, you know, um, when you moved to Pacific Grove, right, I met this lady at Smart and Final the other day. She was like, this is awful. Does it ever get warm around here? <laughs> I just moved here from Arizona. I'm beginning to think it was a mistake. I'm going to go back. But this is terrible. It's always dark and dreary here. Do things ever change? You don't know. June, July, August, September? No, they don't. But what I'm saying is that we know, us of us, us that live on the peninsula, us especially that live in Pacific Grove, we know that June sucks. We know that July sucks even more, right? And we know that August probably is going to suck. But then we know that September is coming. We're going to get a little bit of sunshine, right? We may even get an Indian summer, right? So we know by faith and by, by being there, we know that it's going to change. So we know that, okay, this is going to really, really be terrible, but it's going to end. It's not always going to be like that. You know, so that's the righteous, us living by faith because we know. And we know that God, the, the wrath, and verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. I want to explain this to you. Do you know how much God hates sin? He hated sin so much that he gave his son as a payment for yours and yours, and yours. That's how much he hated it. He hated it so much, he wanted to, to be able to make a payment for everybody. And that was done through his son. So that shows not only his wrath, it shows his love and compassion toward human kindness. But as I look at the world today, and as I open my news apps every day and read the world news and, and all the things, and I, and I look, I, I believe the wrath is being poured out. We have... We have brother against brother. We have, we have racial wars going on. We have all this stuff going on with abortion. And we have monkeypox. And we have COVID. And we have, you know, last week it was the, last year it was the killer wasps or the killer bees. And we have the threat of world war right now and, 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 the, and the talk of war. So I see that as so much being poured out against the ungodliness that's going on in this world. And frankly... At times it scares me because there are so many yet unreached. 
But on the other hand, when I look at myself personally, I'm like, okay, I'm cool. You know, if I'm sitting out front and I see this big mushroom cloud, I mean, I, you know, I know that it's really going to be really quick, but, you know, that's unfortunate, but I, I'm personally okay, you know. Um, hope it's quick. Hope I'm really close to it so that it's super, super quick. But either way, I, I, I live by faith and I will die by faith, amen? You know, so God will pour out his, un, un, um, his wrath, you know, because some people are led by their unrighteousness. That is their, their leader, their guide. That is the sin in their life leading them around from place to place. This is kind of just what I do, you know. Matthew 10, 28 says, and, and do not fear those who can kill the body but, not, but cannot kill the soul, but rather, fill, rather fear him who can destroy both the body and the soul. So simply losing your mortal body well, you know, survey says every person in this room will die. You know, it's not, you know, a, you know, a 9 out of 10 dentist. You know, it's, it's 10 out of 10. It's a 100% ratio that we, that we will all die. So we should not fear the destruction of our body, of our flesh, if we are in a righteous spot. But we need to fear those and those things that can cause us to lose or cause us not to ever be in that right relationship with God. Those are, the, those are the things you can do with it, right? And how many times have you had a conversation with somebody, you're, come on, right? Come on. Do you really need that? Come on, you can live with that, or do you need her, or do you need him, or do you really, come on, do you really want to be in this situation, or come on, do you really want to go to jail again? I can't even tell you, begin to tell you how many times I've had those conversations, or how many times I will continue to have those conversations, you know? God is not out looking for those to seek whom he may destroy. John 10.10 10 says, The thief, the devil, is looking to kill, steal, and destroy, but it says that I have come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. And that's John 10.10. 10. And that's the beauty of it. We know that there are those who want to destroy us. We know there, there are those that will lead us astray. We, are, we know that there is false doctrine. And, uh, and it's always wise to seek not only... I, I, I would repeat what, what I have heard Pastor Bill and Pastor Nate, mainly Pastor Bill, always say. Don't just simply take my word. Write some notes and go home and say, does he, does he really know what he's talking about? Is that what that really means? You know? Because you need to be, you're responsible for what you know. I'm responsible for what I tell you. So I'm pretty sure the things that I'm telling you are as correct as I can possibly be and generally accepted as correct. I do have some of my own little quirky things here and there. Um, but if you feel like that ever, you should always then grab some scripture for yourself and check it out because now you're responsible, right? It's not your job to listen to me. It's your job to listen to your heart, to listen to God and check things out, right? So verse 19, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. How many times have God, God shown you something? Or how many times can we say that God has given us an, yet another opportunity, given us yet another chance? Boy, God really helped me out of a bind this time. Anybody ever said that? Oh, yeah. Right? Thank you. What's the first thing that happens when you're speeding and the highway patrolman is behind you and then he whoops by? Whew, thank God. Right? Isn't that what you say? <laughs> thank God I didn't get a ticket. Well, then really thank him. 
Amen? I mean, that's what it's about. We know the truth. You cannot claim ignorance. You can't hear, sit here and raise your hands and say, praise God, and then claim ignorance to who he is. We know that he's real. We can look all around us and see his beauty. The Monterey Peninsula, one of the most beautiful places on this planet. We get to look at it every single day, right? So we know that we know he's real by his creation. We know he's real by how many times he's rescued us. We know he's real by the places that he's put us to get us out of danger and get us out of trouble. We know the opportunities that he's given us over and over again. And I always say, then what are you going to do with this new opportunity that you've gotten yet once again? You know, even a cat only has nine lives. Amen. So how far do you want to push it? You know what I mean? Really. I mean, what is the point in pushing your luck? If you believe this is true, what's the point in just not saying, okay, it's true, I'm God. I'm not God. I'm good. These are the things that I, these are the things that I need to get rid of in my, these, but these now, but we have to be careful because you can't just empty everything out of your life. Because the scripture says there was a man who swept his house clean Right? He got rid of the demon. He cast it out. He swept his house clean. And because he put nothing else in it, all of the demons came in. Right? You have to replace the things that you're getting rid of with something. With something that's godly. All right, well, I don't go do, I don't go do that anymore. You know, so what am I going to do? You know, when, years ago when Michelle and I fasted for like a really, I did 40 days of juice fasting. I'm like, wow, this is really weird. I'm not eating, I'm not shopping, I'm not any longer going to the bathroom. <laughs> we don't have dishes to do, we don't have meals to cook. Wow, what do we do with all this extra time? We didn't know what to do with it, because we didn't realize how much time all that stuff took up, right? So you have to be aware, when you start getting rid of all of those things out of your life, you're going to find yourself bored and we know what happens when we're bored, right? We get, in, we get ourselves into all kinds of trouble. I was talking to Q today. He came and sat down and we chatted for a while. And he's like, you know, it's really important for me and my sobriety that I keep myself busy. So he's doing a lot of different volunteer things, giving people rides and doing rides. And, and just he has this really solid routine of, of Bible studying and staying in the Word and, and being a part of what we do. And said, because it's really important for me because when I get that extra time, I, that's when I start to do, kind of wander around, and do things that I shouldn't do, go places that I shouldn't go, and be around people I shouldn't be around. So it's really important that I stay connected, I stay focused, I stay busy, and I follow the plan that I've laid out. And that was good. And I said, "Well, me too." When I have too much time on my hands, the old mind begins to wander. Right? You're like, "Gosh, I'm out here driving around, bored out of my mind, plenty of gas, nothing to do." Where are you going to end up? You better find a church. You know, you better Google map, church, please, quick, you know, and get somewhere. Um, it goes on to say that we exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds and animals and creeping things. So it's that substituting God with things in our life. That's dangerous. We shouldn't do that. We shouldn't develop these rituals that... That's, that, that replace what God does in our life. You know, Hugh didn't say, I'm going down to the, the beach at midnight and lighting candles and singing songs. You know, he's not trying to replace 
that time with God. He's trying to increase that time with God by being around God's people, being around godly things, and doing the things of God. Not to replace them, because we all know that, that people that replace God with idols, they, as you, if you worship an idol or a false god, it takes your eyes off of God. And that is a no-no. So it says, so there are times where it says in verse 24, therefore God gave them up to the lusts of their hearts and to their impurities. There are times when Scripture says you must turn that person back over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh. That's part of church discipline. If, you, if you've spoken to somebody and spoken to somebody and spoken to somebody about their sin and they continue to sin and continue to sin, the Scripture says, your brothers, as brothers, you should speak to him. You should remove him from the church. You should turn him over to his lusts and desires so that his flesh, for the destruction of his flesh, hoping in that season he'll, re- he'll return to his first love and come back. So it's not to be mean. It's, not, it's like, is this what you really want? Because how does it feel, feel to be out there all by yourself with your passions and desires? It's empty. You're like, it's like, where is everybody? You begin to miss church. You begin to miss your church, friends. You begin to miss those late night talks with Greg when you're looking around Monterey County Jail going, how did I get back here? You know, boy, I'd rather be sitting in Tommy's room talking to him or, or I'd rather be in the pantry Right, grabbing something out of the freezer to go throw in the microwave. Amen? Right? You know, those calls I get from the jail, it's like, oh, man, I missed the pantry. Yeah. I bet you do. You're waiting for someone to send you an eye care package. So. Um, so it goes on to talk about God giving them up and giving them back to their dishonorable passions. And that's not where we're at in our walk. That's not where we're at in our lives. And that's not what we want. So we really need to determine what these things are, right? We need to figure out what, what do I, God, what do I, need, what do I need to do to get right in my life? What things do I need to avoid? What things do I need to get rid of? And you already know, right? You really do. We already know. And what things can I replace those with? Can I Spend more time at church? Can I get involved in a Bible study? Can I mentor somebody? Can I just get in a one-on-one Bible study with somebody? I like when the guys tell me, hey, we had a Bible study last night, and this is what we talked about. I'm like, yeah, that's cool, right? It's better than hearing three guys got together and shot heroin in the room and, you know, and died and, or, or got kicked out of the bridge. I mean, all that's happened before, you know? So I, I would rather hear, hey, we had a Bible study than, hey, we had the ambulance here last night. You know what I mean? Some things please me and some things don't. Some things please God and some things don't. Same thing. So it just talks about in the end of this text, and I've already read it, that about just being given up to those, those passions, those desires that we don't want in our lives, those things that we don't need in our life. So think of those things in our life that can be powerful in our life. Think of the power of God. Think of the, the power of God to redeem our sins, to redeem us from who we were, to be able to move forward in life, to, to be able to talk to your kids, you know, 
watching Jasmine get to see her son every week is a joy. Because that's one thing that she said was, it was never going to happen. I'm never going to see him again. It, it was just like, well, no, let's, let's stop. Let's, let's start the process. You know, let's figure out what this looks like. You know, Louie's like, my daughter doesn't want to talk to me. I said, start with a letter. Write a letter. Well, she didn't answer. Write another letter. She didn't write another letter. She didn't answer. Write another letter. Write, she didn't write another letter. And last night he heard the thing here he wanted to hear that was so sweet. I got all your letters. Right? So that spoke volumes to her. I'm not even answering this fool. Right? Right? Uh, she has the right to call him a fool, right? Where you been for 13 years, you know? But he continued to do what was right. And in doing so, God answered his prayers. A 13-year prayer, right? It's been a 13-year prayer. We were there when that contact ended 13 years ago. Michelle and I were. And we begged, and we begged, and no, this is, not, this is not what you want in your life. But it was, unfortunately, it was a choice he made. So we were there when he made the choice that caused that separation for 13 years. And amen that we're here 13 years later, right? <laughs> amen all by myself, right? <laughs> so I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. I don't know what they're going to close with. Um, but I'm gonna, it's going to be a musician's choice. Amen. So, Lord, thank you so much for Christina and Jasmine and Alex and everybody in this room tonight. Thank you so much for the sharing of the 52 weeks of Region. That is awesome. Lord, I also want to thank you for the email I got yesterday from, from Idaho from a pastor saying, I heard of what's going on here. I heard of what's going on at Calvary Monterey, right? And I want to know how we can do that where I'm at. Now, I was stoked about that, but I was even more stoked right before I came in and went out to my email again when I got another email saying, I am a pastor from Washington. I heard what you're doing on Monday nights. Can you call so we can talk about doing this at our church? So you guys, by us doing this here, it affects a lot more people than us. You know, uh, I was telling Vanessa tonight before Michelle and I opened the bridge, our, our ministry was starting these meetings. We started, I think, 13 meetings in different places in different states that we were happy to start, proud to start, but then the bridge, the bridge started and that kind of began to take more of our time. And then once that kind of settled in, we, the focus is back here. But I'm proud that we're getting emails from other states and other churches saying that what they're hearing about this meeting is positive, And they want to end what they're doing and try to do something similar to this. So this is because of our great worship team. This has become because we, we don't just come and talk about steps. We talk about the word of God. We talk about the healing power of Jesus Christ. So this is you guys faithfully being here that makes this happen, that makes this grow, that makes the word of God go forth. Amen. So we thank you, Lord, for all of that good news and for the sobriety in this room tonight and the victory. In Jesus' name, amen.